Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. And the staff on the ground say it's, um, you know, it's an ever-changing situation. And it really is um, a situation that unfortunately is getting worse as the hours tick on. And people, people there are feeling very fragile and very vulnerable. They are hearing reports of you know, as as we know from news sources, that air traffic has ceased over Ukraine. So Ukrainian airspace has um, ceased and airports are targeted. And the people there know that that larger cities with bigger infrastructure, closer to closer to transportation routes, closer to rivers, those that sort of thing are going to be targeted. So so I do think that there is a fragility and a vulnerability right now. But we we also are hearing that the people of Ukraine are very, very resilient and are clinging to hope. And they're asking for prayer. We're joined today by Laura Kelmar. She is the Director of Marketing and Communications for Mennonite Central Committee Canada. Today in Connections, she's going to share with us what they're doing in the midst of the war that is taking place in Ukraine and how you can help as well. We're joined today by Laura Kalmart. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications for Mennonite Central Committee Canada. First of all, maybe, could you just tell us a little bit, Laura, about MCC's work in Ukraine, how many people you have over there and where they are and those types of things? Yeah, sure. Uh, MCC has worked in Ukraine pretty much uh, the entirety of our organization's existence. So we are, our organization began in 1920 in Ukraine, um, working with people who were suffering from hunger and disease and famine. And that response continued for a number of years. And then we were back in Ukraine um, and then have been working there ever since. We have been working in areas like relief, emergency relief, peace, building, health, education, sustainable livelihoods, people-to-people exchanges. So again, that's related to peace building. And really have been working with people who've been displaced by the conflict in the eastern part of the country since 2014. And of course, now that it's a full-blown conflict, a full-blown war, we're we're ready with partners on the ground to be responding to people who who are displaced. Tell us a little bit about what they are going to be doing with those who are displaced. Yeah, at, at this point, Colleen, this is where, uh, you know, we're in, in the mode of evaluating and assessing with our partners on the ground, trying to determine what capacity is, trying to determine um, what people's next steps are in terms of their, you know, personal safety and their family safety, the safety for their household. So some people will be relocating, some people will be evacuating. Uh, we have heard from partners that many, many are committed to staying. They, they want to help, they want to feed people, they want to shelter people who are, who are fleeing and becoming internally displaced. So I, yeah, I, we're looking at some of the things that we've been doing all along, distributing emergency relief supplies. So that could be comforters or relief kits, which include, 
you know, day-to-day, day-to-day supplies that, that people need, things like towels and toothbrushes and soap, that sort of thing. So really very practical, hands-on help um, as people have emergency needs in this situation. It's um, like Russia officially invaded Ukraine last night. We've heard of explosions in a few cities, including the capital, Kiev. Um, What have you heard about what's happening there right now? Yeah, well, we've just met with some of our staff that that oversee the program there. Uh, We did uh, a few weeks ago evacuate some of our some of our team in Ukraine, those who were outside their home context. So people from who were originally from Canada and the US have been evacuated outside of Ukraine, we do still have staff on the ground. And the staff on the ground say it's, um, you know, it's an ever changing situation. And it really is um, a situation that unfortunately is getting worse as the hours tick on and people, people there are feeling very fragile and very vulnerable. They are hearing reports of, you know, as, as we know from news sources that air traffic has ceased over Ukraine. So Ukrainian airspace is um, ceased and airports are targeted and the people there know that, um, that larger cities with bigger infrastructure closer to closer to transportation routes closer to rivers those that sort of thing are going to be targeted so so i do think that there is a fragility and a vulnerability right now but we we also are hearing that the people of ukraine are very very resilient and are clinging to hope and really asking asking for prayer asking that people not forget, asking that people stand alongside them, accompany them it, through prayer and, and through other ways of support, of course. And we're, we're grateful for people's generosity, absolutely. We're so, we're so grateful that people will step up and say, yeah, we, we know that this is happening and we want to support the people. But definitely through prayer is one of the big things. How can we start praying? You mentioned a little bit, but how can we start praying for those in Ukraine? Yeah, absolutely. I think the prayer is a prayer for resilience, a prayer for hope, a prayer for for God to meet people's needs, to give them their daily bread. And really, quite frankly, that may look like bread. That may look like uh, daily supplies, like like a clean towel, like soap, like toothpaste, um, and pray for peace. Pray for the God of reconciliation to to bring his spirit of peace, to soften the hearts of leaders, to find ways to, to bring about peace between the countries so that that the people, like the citizens of Ukraine, who are really the ones who suffer the most, who suffer suffer the effects of you know the material effects of conflict, um, having to leave their homes, having to flee, but then also suffer that trauma. And we know that that affects families, that affects people's ability to to cope, to to live their daily lives. And so, just pray for pray for that. Pray for the people that they're 
that their spirits and their pray for the people that their spirits would continue to be strong through this and that they would find hope in the midst of a very uh, terrible situation. Peace building, obviously very important for the Mennonite central committee. How, how do you peace build in the middle of war and Mm -hmm. how do you respond with peace in the middle of, uh, of, well, no peace present? How do you, how do you do that? Yeah, Mike, thanks. That's a great question. I think for MCC, peace means a lot of different things. Uh, Peace is obviously peace at a a macro level, peace at a political level, praying for peace, advocating with the Canadian government, the U.S. government to say, uh, let's find peaceful solutions to these these conflicts that are playing out on on a on a global level, um, but also peace is interpersonal peace. Hmm. We know that when people are in the midst of troubling situations that are vulnerable, things like domestic violence is on the rise. So we pray for peace and we look to build peace in families and through interpersonal connections. It also is a very personal peace building. Um, we can look to peace building in people's personal lives. So that for MCC looks like trauma healing and, um, and counseling and, and work that we do with people to work through trauma, to build resilience. So we work at peace building on many, many levels. And we know that peace for us, peace building is something that's woven into all we do. So the work that we do, for example, We've got an amazing livelihoods project that I was that I visited a number of years ago, and it's in an area of the country, like in the eastern section of the country, where people have fled and there's displaced people. So, of of course, when you're displaced from your home, you're looking for a way to to work, a way to make money, a way to support your family, create livelihoods. And a lot of these women that were coming who were single moms or, or single women didn't have any livelihoods. So one of our partners started up a project, a sewing project to teach them a skill that could be turned into a livelihood. So these women began to make these incredible, beautiful purses and, and learn these sewing skills, made these purses, started a business. And then when the pandemic hit, they pivoted and started making um started making face masks for people. But of course we know that when we can provide these kind of projects and programs for people to create sustainable livelihoods, but if that's not interwoven with peace and an understanding of, again, you know, interpersonal content, uh, interpersonal conflict, an understanding of trauma healing for these, for these people an understanding of, a spiritual piece as well in a lot of cases that's going to fail because it's not going to be sustainable for these people in their lives. Cause they're just not going to be able to, to continue. But when we address and, and weave in that peace building, these projects are, have a lot more longevity and success in the community. Very interesting. One of the things as you were talking about these projects and stuff too, is, you know, somebody that's never been affected by war, fortunately, right? And you kind of you hear about wars and you just assume that everything comes to a halt and people fight. But the reality is 
that the citizens, they still need to live lives. They need to do their jobs still. They need to find money to eat and to live, right? Yeah, And and they're trying to carry on with life somehow in the midst of this conflict. Yeah, it's very difficult. And of course, it's uncertainty about... um, about banking, about the ability to access cash, about even if they can access cash, will there be food on store shelves? Is it going to be accessible? If I flee to another part of the country, if I go to, let's say I'm living in a big city and I go to the countryside, am I going to be able to get the resources I need? How am I going to find accommodation? So there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of questions for people who really just like you said, Tom, or Mike, sorry, um, you know, just like you said, people want to continue their lives. People care for their children. There are, there are families and family systems there, interestingly, a little bit differently than maybe in Canada or the U.S., where people's households include an elderly family member or an aunt and uncle or a niece and nephew, children, uh, multiple family members. And so they're caring for for families and households that are large. And, and there's a lot of concerns that they carry for sure. And like Mike said, though, too, uh, we live at the other you know side of the world and quite often we'll hear about this and we'll go to bed and forget about it. This is not a time to forget about something yeah. like this. No, that's right. And and I think that's one of the things that our partners and the people that we work with in these locations say that when they know that people haven't forgotten about them, that there is that bridge building through through whatever small way. I mean, for people that might be that might be praying, that might be giving financially, that might be coming and and volunteering, for example, with MCC, we have material resources warehouses where people can put together a relief kit. And, and for people who want to do something hands-on and tangible, it's just a lovely expression of care and concern. When, they, when you know that the comforter that you piece together and you, you stitch with your own hands alongside other people, alongside a community, friends, families, neighbors, church members, you you put together this comforter, it gets bailed up, and you know that it's going to reach somebody's household, and they're going to be able to touch it and feel it and feel that love and that hope that's come. And so we really encourage people to find to find a way that resonates with them to to build that connection, however small, to let the people of Ukraine and the people and people all over the world, quite frankly, who are affected by displacement, by conflict, by disaster, uh, to let them know that they're not forgotten. And there's just there's beautiful ways to do that. Tell us how we can connect with MCC and stay up to date with what's happening in Ukraine, the work that you're doing and how we can uh, be updated on what we can be praying for and what we can be doing here in Canada. Yeah, Mike, we have a website that we encourage people to go to. It's www.mccanada, so mccanada.ca. We'll have a Ukraine, Ukraine crisis page where you can um, you can download some prayers. You can get a little bit more information about MCC's work there. So we do encourage people to come or 
contact your local MCC office. We have local provincial MCC offices across the country. We'd be more than happy to talk with you. And, and again, if, if doing something um, related to a material supplies or emergency supplies, like putting a comforter together or a relief kit, if that interests you, then please do reach out to one of our offices and we'll be happy to, to let you know how you can do that, how you can on these cold winter days, uh, make a comforter and send it to somebody who's going to use it to, to wrap a child or, or use it as a window covering or, um, or warmth on their floor. It's just a beautiful way to get involved. Something so simple yet so impactful. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Yeah, Thanks, thank Colleen. You. Really appreciate it. And thank you to everybody who's, who's supporting us. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening and for joining us today. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again, or if you want to listen to any of the other conversations that we've had on Connections, you could do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.